All right, welcome to the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month podcast. I'm Stuart Anderson, and this is just a short introduction to this episode and the next series of episodes or interviews that Steve and I do with some of the past Crown Council's People Choice Award winners. So each year, the Crown Council gathers at our annual event, but before we gather, we create a place where dental teams and dentists can nominate, uh, vote, and be recognized at our awards program. Uh, the, the annual event is a place where the membership can come together to recognize the best. And these next few episodes, we're going to dig into some of the stories of those award winners. So at the 2022 annual event, we had some award winners that we recognized, brought up on stage, told their stories. Well, we're going to dig in a little uh, to their stories and, and why they were nominated and then why the membership voted to recognize them on stage. So you're going to learn their history and a few of the things about best doctor to work for, young dentist of the year, most innovative practice, team of the year, and the list goes on. So hopefully you enjoy the next little series of episodes as we learn from the best in the business. And that's what we're strong believers in, the philosophy of copying genius. The Mentor of the Month podcast is a perfect place to do that. So just sit back, uh, learn, and listen from some of the best in the industry as they teach you what they've been doing. All right, welcome to the Crown Council Mentor of the Month. I'm Stuart Anderson, and uh, I'm joined today with Ch Dr. Cherish Dunshi. Hey, Cherish. Hey. If you guys are watching the video, uh, it's just the two of us today. Steve is traveling and working with the TOPS team. I know they've got a big team training meeting today, so uh, we'll miss him, but I think we can do it. I think we can do it without him. Don't you think, Cherish? Yeah. Yeah, we can get along. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I've known Cherish for a few years. Um, we met through the Young Dentist Program uh, back in, I think the first time I met you was at the annual event of 2020. Is that right? In Nashville. Yeah. Whoa, 2020. Can you believe that? So we met. So that was when we were still meeting. That was right before the pandemic. And mm -hmm. we met, you were part of the group. And then we did Young Dentist Program, um, which was kind of an odd group in 2020, which then kind of rolled into 2021, um, which we had an incredible big group fun, uh, where we got to spend a little extra time together because of the pandemic, uh, where a lot of the young dentist program carried over. And then we spent the last, um, summer together at the young dentist program. And then at the annual event, and then cherish was nominated and voted by uh, David and the rest of the Young Dentist Group as Young Dentist of the Year, which was fun, a fun award to give you. What a surprise. You were very surprised. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, <laughs> I don't think I had ever been Surpr that surprised and shocked <laughs> in my whole life. So. It was so fun. Uh, and that's the theme of our uh, Mentor of the Month series that we're doing right now. So we're uh, cherishes one of our award winners from the last annual event. We're interviewing all of our award winners to talk to them about um, how they practice and what advice they'd give and things that they could share uh, in relation to being the award winner as we set them up as examples and leaders to kind of guide the next uh, group of, uh, of Crown Council members. So Cherish, I've got this cool paragraph that you wrote. I'm gonna give you the credit <laughs> and we can talk about it a little as we go. Uh, number six of seven kids raised in Minnesota, uh, went to an undergraduate at the University of Wisconsin-Madsen. And then where'd you go for, and then dental school. So you were the uh, dental assistant for four years. Was that before you went to dental school? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Before 
dental school. So four years as a dental assistant and then became part of the Roseman University College of Dental Medicine's class of 2020. Um, cherishes half Samoan. She's proud to work in the public health serving underserved populations as a dentist. A mother of a three-year-old daughter who is in preschool today, lives in <laughs> Saratoga Springs, Utah, and works in West Valley City. Uh, a lot. Oh, we got to get through all of this. So very good. So you grew up, but that's a big family, seven kids. Yeah. So I have five older brothers. Okay. I was the first girl after five boys. So they cherish their nice. first girls. Yeah. <laughs> I have a younger sister and uh, it was just fun living with the a lot of brothers and a sister and it's like having five cool dads, I say. Fun. That's great. A big family. I know my, my dad came from a family with seven children and uh, it's the best oh, yeah. to, to gather all those people together. Very cool. I and don't then, know how my parents did it. Wow. <laughs> a lot of kids. I'm so, having a hard time with one. With one. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, University of Wisconsin-Madsen. Did you know then that you wanted to uh, go into dentistry or could you tell that story about how you, okay. Will you tell that yeah. story? Yeah, of course. So when I think about myself in college, I, I knew of some people preparing for dental school. It was like a whole nother world that I didn't even know about. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to do pre-med or I don't know. Uh, but it wasn't until I finished college and moved to Utah because my parents and sister were here and my sister was a dental assistant. So as I was trying to find a job, for some reason, it was really hard with the bachelor's in biology um, to find a job. I was, I was really interested in research and science um, with my undergrad experience. My school is really into that. And my sister was like, you should just be a dental assistant. So I was like, I don't really, I'm not interested, but I'll try it. And mm. Just having that patient experience is what interested myself into it, but um, I ended up loving it. So, you know, not having dentists in the family, it's, you don't know anything about it. So you right. don't know what there is to like about it, how great of a job it is. And so as you see it firsthand, you're like, wow, you're really changing people's lives. Like people really need dentists in their lives. And that's when I got hooked. Nice. As a dental assistant. And then Roseman was close. So you uh, applied. So you were in Utah at the time. And ha had Roseman had a graduating class yet? Or were you, the, were you one of the first? They, uh, I think, okay. So I was a dental assistant for two years at Roseman. And when ah. I was there in 20, 2014, I think that was their their first class. Okay. Their first class, yeah, 2013, 2014, but we'll have to fact check that because I don't remember. Fact check. <laughs> Very cool. So yeah, there were a handful of classes that graduated before class of 2020. Cool. Then you say here that um, being half Samoan, you're proud to work in public health serving underserved populations as a dentist. Uh, is Samoa as a in general? Uh, do you feel like are they un underserved class uh, of people, or is that do you just feel a connection to maybe a, a minority group of people that that live here in Utah? How does that connect together? 
Yeah, you know, whenever I see a Pacific Islander, I just feel automatically connected. It's just cool. I don't know. There's just something about the culture. Um, my mom is from Samoa. She's born and raised there. And hospitals and dentists, like you only go there if you're about to die or if you're in a lot of pain. So people don't really associate like good emotions when they think about those places. So I don't know if you've met any Pacific Islanders or ever heard them talk about like, oh, like I'm only going to go in if I have pain. But that's kind of the mentality. And I shouldn't say most, but some Pacific Islanders. And so I don't think I see a lot of Pacific Islanders going to the dentist preventatively or preventively um, just going in for exams and catching things while they're small. So anyway, I just, it's that and not seeing enough Pacific Islanders in dental school. I think mm. in my class of 84, there is me and my classmate Austin, he's uh, a third Tahitian, but I just feel like the population is missing out on opportunity because as I'm being a dentist, I see so much opportunity and potential in my life because I'm a dentist and I would want that for Pacific Islanders. I would want that for their families. I would want that for any minority population because research shows that you connect with like, let's say if you're Pacific Islander, you'll treat Pacific Islanders better than any Makes other. Yeah. So if we can see more uh, diversity in dentistry, then I feel like we can treat the population as a whole better. better. They'll feel more comfortable going to the dentist. So that's kind of how I, I love that motivation in a way. Very cool. Yeah. And then talk a little bit about where you work now. So I work at a place called Sacred Circle. They are a clinic owned by the Goshute Reservation, um, Confederated Tribe of the Goshute Reservation. Okay. So um, it's a community health center. There's medical vision, nutrition physical therapy, behavioral health, dentistry, um, so many different departments. And it's really fun being able to interact with the other providers that we can talk about patients, you know, if it's a little more complicated because um, dentistry isn't just mouth. Um, I feel like it's kind of a, a gateway to other health um, problems. Sometimes you can spot things and then you can talk to the other professionals and just learn how to help these patients better. Nice. So it's a, a clinic where we see half of the time it's Medicaid. So we see every type of Medicaid. And then the other half is our focus working on um, Native American populations. So people with the a CIB, they have to prove that they're Native American and then we're able to, to treat them. So I, uh, 
I just love it. I love working with underserved populations and, and sometimes they have really complicated cases. So um, that's why I love talking with the other professionals. And that's why I really appreciate the Young Dentist Program and Dr. Hornbrook's mentorship because I'm kind of stuck with some of these cases and it's yeah. nice to have mentors to, to go to with these complicated cases. Very cool. Um, on that uh, topic of, of Dr. Hornberg, maybe you could share um, some of the biggest influences that led you into your career in dentistry. How, how have you kind of molded who you are right now? And how do you, uh, any mentors or examples that kind of guided you here to where you are? So I attribute me being a dentist solely to my sister. <laughs> She, without my sister's influence, I don't even think I would have considered dentistry. So um, I thank her all the time. Um, after deciding to become a dentist, as a, when I was a dental assistant, I worked with a couple doctors that were really supportive. When I was a dental assistant, prepping for the dad and recommendation letters. And so Dr. Joe Benzen and Dr. Chris Jolly, they both were really supportive and helpful. Um, as I decided to become a dentist, it wasn't really a smooth journey because I kept being told like, uh, are you sure you want to be a dentist? Like, huh. how are you going to have kids? Maybe you should become a hygienist instead. Like there's less huh. school, you still get paid well. And, you know, I think hygienists are amazing, but I wanted to do more, you know, I knew I wanted to be a dentist. Yeah. And so I would just tell them, well, I want to be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just funny, you know, not really feeling that support in the beginning, but working hard to get to dental school regardless. And then now that I'm a dentist, I haven't ever felt more supported. Um, I feel so much support now more than ever. And I love working with doctors who are passionate about what they do. So Dr. Hornbrook, I would say he's like my number one favorite mentor. Just, I mean, he's just a genius and I can't believe he shows us his protocol. It's, <laughs> it's just really cool that he wants to teach others that we can help more people mm. the right way. Yeah. And so I appreciate his influence and he's a busy guy. You know, I send him an email. He sends me a response back almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how he does it. It's a skill, but that just shows how passionate he is about he is. what he does. When he always says that same thing, when we finish up the young dentist program where he says he doesn't do it for you, he does it for him. You know, he loves to share and that's kind of his motivation for his life. And I, I believe him the first couple of times I heard him say that I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> now I'm like, he really does. That's like his fuel. Um, and it's neat for people to watch and say, I want to, I want to be good enough to share as well. Like to pass on how incredible this profession is. So very cool. Uh, you had an interesting, different life as a as a dental student, maybe you could talk about uh, being class president and what you learned from that experience. Well, 
having been a dental assistant at Rosen for a couple of years, I kind of knew the, what to expect. I knew dental students were enjoying themselves and, and loving it there. They had families, they're having kids, you know, throughout the four years. And so I knew students like to have fun. And (laughs) (laughs) when I, you know, there are like 15 of us that ran for class president gave a speech and I wasn't the smartest I wasn't the most qualified but I think it was obvious how much I cared for everyone Mm -hmm. in my class like how compassionate I was towards others and so I was I was shocked to find out I was voted to be class president and and then the following year I ran again and become became class president and so what I wanted to do for those two years was to create an experience and so um, I did that just by people getting to know each other I did this newsletter where we would learn three interesting facts about four new people every week and we passed the newsletter around we did monthly class breakfasts and we did like this Halloween costume contest and the fashion show with it. Nice. And just these uh, slideshows. I think at the end of the two years, I did this like this award ceremony that's kind of like the Dundies in the office where <laughs> we're being silly and reminding ourselves of these inside jokes and so it was it was really fun for me. And, you know, the life of a dental student is super busy, but I love spending the countless hours to just create this experience for my class. And we just had so much fun. I felt like dental school, the whole four years was like the funnest four years of my life. Because nice. it's not every day that you're surrounded by, you know, eight, 83 other people who have similar goals and similar interests and dentists are just interesting people too to begin with but yeah that was it was fun it was fun being class president I viewed it as service rather Mm -hmm. than a title and so kind of like what Dr. Hornbrook said like those two years that I was class president was for the class it wasn't for me in a way and so um, Rosemond is all about this lifelong colleague philosophy where we make an each, we, we have to memorize this phrase, but it's we make each and every interaction reflect a sincere desire to develop each other as lifelong colleagues. Hmm. And so I feel like that philosophy kind of set the tone for all four years. I feel like maybe that's why we all got along so well, because that was, that was our motto. That's what we live by. And is that a motto everybody uh, lives by or just the, the, the student government? I mean, was that everybody that memorized that? It, I don't know if everyone did, but I feel like most of everyone knows what mm. the philosophy is. Like cool. they could, they could pick out a few words here and there and gather a sentence that's yeah similar. Hey, um, so your your current practice that you're in, uh, maybe talk about 
I, I know you've talked about a, a bit about your passion for helping the underserved. Is that what led you to that, um, to where you're serving now? And is, are you learning anything? The, the practices, experiences that you're learning now, um, is this the path you see yourself on or do you have like a, a plan or, um, I know that's a lot of questions, but I just, I'm interested in how you picked it and then what you're learning from it and, and maybe where it takes you. Yeah. When I was in dental school, I applied for this scholarship. It was the National Health Service Corps scholarship. It's this government scholarship where it feels like you're applying to dental school again with the letters of rec. You have to submit your grades and write all these paragraphs and submit this application. And so I did that. I applied a couple times for this scholarship where they pay for your tuition mm. and then you just owe them a certain amount of years uh, working at a government funded clinic that qualifies. Cool. So I, I got it after applying a couple times, I got it and ended up getting the two year scholarship where I owe two years working at a government clinic that qualified. So Sacred Circle is one of them, which is really nice because there aren't many in Utah. Yeah. And um, I had this friend that told me about the job opening and that's how I became, well, well, that's how I started working at Sacred Circle. Got it. And I have actually really enjoyed this job. I've been there for just barely a year. I just hit my one year anniversary, but it's just really fun working with underserved populations because, you know, they really need it. Uh, You're treating a lot of patients in pain. You're treating a lot of patients who are trying to fix their smiles that they can get a job. And so it's just fun learning about their lives and um, they have stressful lives too. And um, it's just fun learning from them. Nice. Very good. But I, my commitment actually ended this past week. So I could work anywhere, but I, I really like where I'm at right now. Okay. Uh, There's opportunity to do more cosmetic dentistry and we're starting to do implants so that's keeping me there yeah yeah uh, one of our our award winners that we talked to a couple weeks ago dr joe baguette up in alaska he he had a very similar experience he worked for um a medical clinic in alaska where he would travel by airplane from village to village doing the same type of service that you're doing now just in multiple remote villages and i think he did it he ended up doing it for six or seven years wow Um, yeah before he was hired by alaska premier dental so uh, it's a great path you know he he talked about how much he learned just seeing cases and people that i don't think he would have normally seen in a normal dental practice very cool um i shared this question with you i don't know if you want to answer it you can say pass but uh i wrote how do you want to change the face of dentistry i look at you as a great leader uh, and I wondered if you'd ever thought about that. Is that something that you think that you'll be able to do or do you have a plan to change the face of dentistry? It's 
you know, I've only been a dentist for a couple of years. I still <laughs> feel like I'm in first grade <laughs> in the field of dentistry. But yeah, that's a really interesting question because I don't even think I can fathom, you know, what's out there, the potential mm. that dentistry has. And I kind of answered it earlier, but if I were to change the face of dentistry, it would be um, just being a mentor to diverse pre-dental students, um, college students that are considering careers, hoping to make the field more diverse. So that would be my ultimate goal. Great. Great. Yeah. Um, and is there anything that you wish you would have known before, like if you're, if you were talking to a young class of dental students, is there something that you would share with them that you wish you would have known before you've gotten into dentistry? Yes. I have a couple of things in mind. Yes. Good. <laughs> um, giving yourself grace mm. that someone told me that, and it really spoke with me because I am a perfectionist and I would say it's the biggest struggle that I dealt with, especially in the beginning, um, making me super slow. And as a result, when you're slow, it's not fun for the patient either. So just kind of go out of your comfort zone in a way. And then with giving yourself grace, you know, like, you're thinking about their teeth more than the patients are. So like you're doing a lot, just, you know, taking care of your patients. And so that's, that's helpful to know. Nice. And then lastly, um, with giving yourself grace, like dentistry can be fixed. Like it's hmm. not permanent. So if it doesn't go well, which sometimes that happens, you can just fix it. I like and that. Someone told me that too. And I was like, yeah, that's true. That's not as much pressure. Yeah. Because <laughs> in my mind, it's like you're drilling into the tooth. It's going to be a permanent thing, but it can be fixed. Nice. Great advice. Yeah. And if you were to meet young Cherish, is there anything you would say to her before she started her, maybe even that undergraduate journey? Is there anything you'd say to young Cherish if you got to talk to her? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking <laughs> about my daughter. She's <laughs> three now. And, um, just seeing the potential in her and seeing that in her and trying to view myself better, giving myself more grace too, if I can view my daughter that way. But, um, one thing I'd like to tell myself earlier in life is that you're more capable than you realize because there have been some experiences in dental school where I was like, wow, like I can do anything. There was this moment, I think it was a couple of years ago, where I had a two-month-old baby, my daughter, and I was nursing and I had my two board exams that I had to take at the same time. And I couldn't push the test date back. I like had to do it in August. And it was just, you know, when it rains, it pours, a bunch of things happen. My kitchen broke. There's a huge flood. We didn't have running water. And my husband at the time was out of town. My parents were out of town. And it was just like, 
so crazy. My daughter didn't sleep well the night before the part two boards and I didn't review much the day before because I had the biggest case hmm. in dental school. Like I just seated six crowns um, the day before my board exam. And so it was just a busy day. And after all that, like I just I I remember walking out the door and just crying. I was like, I don't feel prepared. Like yeah. Oh, I don't feel good. And then I ended up taking that exam part two. And then a week later, the CDCA OSCE. And when I found out that I passed a month later, I was just in tears. I was like, oh my gosh, like I literally thought I didn't pass. And here (laughs) I did. And it was enough. And um, I just felt unstoppable after. And so if I were to tell, you know, growing up, people don't feel confident about themselves, but um, I feel like just telling myself that I'm more capable um, is helpful to know. What a fun lesson was, learned. Good job. Yeah. As hard as it was, it was a worthwhile experience. Yeah. yeah. Tough though. Yeah. It's almost like, well, I don't want to go through that again, but it, it was worth it to learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like running cool. a marathon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hey, um, I'd love a shameless plug. Uh, has being part of the Young Dentist program been worth it? Is there anything you'd say to someone who wants to be part of it? Oh, absolutely. And Good. you don't have to pay me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I mean, I okay, I didn't I didn't get into the residency programs that I wanted to do after dental school. So I felt like this young dentist program was like a residency. And I, it really advanced my career and my perspective on dentistry, just learning these basic things that Dr. Hornbrook teaches you, I, I feel like are crucial to know. And Dr. Howard, uh, Dr. David Howard, he's one of the, yeah, course to the, the course, the Hornbrook courses, but he was the one that told me about That's the right. Young Dentist program. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm just about to graduate. I'm a fourth year dental student. I don't have any money. You but, did. <laughs> That's right. And I was like, can I just do this, you know, in a year or two when I'm a dentist and have more money? And he's like, well, the sooner you do it, the sooner you know these things that you need to know. And I was hmm. like, okay, I have to. <laughs> I'd forgotten you guys were still in school. You and Alexa were still in school at the annual event. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just about to graduate. Well, then the pandemic hit and we got a Zoom graduation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we sure have loved uh, having you part of the group. It's been, I'm I'm trying to replace the group now. So Young Dentist Program is growing for 2023. And um, it's been a special group, the 20, the group that we just finished. So thanks so much for being part of it. And it's been fun to, it's fun to have you gather your classmates. So many of you uh, join the group, the Young Dentist Program together, which was fun to see your friendship and how you guys connected. So thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate you, Stuart. You know, I, I was talking about creating an experience and I feel like that's what, that's what you do for us. So I we hope appreciate so. you and, and Crown Council too. I, I feel like they do the same thing. So 
Thanks. Thanks for everything. And um, it's been fun. This is my first interview as a dentist. So yes. I don't know if there's anything to learn. <laughs> first of many. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, thanks, Cherish. I appreciate your time. And uh, it was great being with you. Yeah. Thanks, Stuart. You have okay, a good see ya. Thanks for joining us for this Mentor of the Month podcast sponsored by Crown Council. This is just one tool available to the Crown Council membership that helps dental teams build a culture of success. That's our mission and purpose is to provide a place for dental teams to come together and learn the skills needed to develop your most valuable asset, the people, those people who work in your practice. As always, if you're interested in being part of this group or want more information about the tools available to the membership, go to www.crowncouncil.com or call us 1-800-276-9658. Thanks.